series last week called Advent. And basically the word Advent simply means a coming. And there is this anticipation all throughout the Christmas season that the king has come. And so we've been talking about what does it look like. So when Jesus was actually born in a manger on December 25th, what came with him? Because it was much more than just a baby being born to to Mary and Joseph. But ultimately, when Jesus came, when he arrived, this means that genuine hope, that genuine peace, and genuine joy also came as well. So last week we talked about hope. Um, We looked at a story that literally seemed absolutely hopeless. We looked at the book of Ruth, and uh, the first two chapters is just absolute tragedy. Um, She loses a bunch of people. You got a bunch of death. You got a bunch of pain. And then it ends up being this triumphant kind of ending where ultimately Ruth and uh, has a son that basically ultimately this um, precedes the line of Jesus and Jesus is born into this family. So today what I want to do is I want to actually talk about peace. So last week we talked about hope. This week we're going to talk about peace. But before we dive into any of this, let's go ahead and pray. Father, we thank you for who you are. God, we thank you that we have an opportunity, God, to be able to come here this morning and, God, sit in a place where we can talk about you. But, God, I pray that it would be more than just a talk. God, I pray, um, God, we know that this morning, God, that there are many people in here that are hurting, that are struggling, that are broken. God, maybe there are people that are here for the first time, God, that... um, God, they're just trying this whole church thing out. They're not sure about this Jesus thing, God. And uh, maybe they are here and they, they've never experienced genuine hope or genuine peace. God, I pray that, um, that today that that would change. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. How many of you guys, show hands real quick, you just love Christmas. Anybody like Christmas is your favorite holiday. You know, one of the things that I actually enjoy about Christmas other than uh, setting up and decorating a tree. I am Scrooge when it comes to that. Any dads in here like you just hate setting up trees? Uh, we have, a, we have uh, toddlers in our home, so our tree is decorated from about midway up. So the whole bottom uh, section is not uh, decorated. But other than setting up the tree, I absolutely love Christmas. Why? Um, I have brothers that live all over the United States, so all of my family comes together. We get to see everybody. We get a hug. We get to sit around um, a fire. We get to drink coffee. We get to open up presents. It's just a very celebratory time. But we're also aware, and we said this last week, for some people, I think the majority of people a lot of times, um, Christmas is not everything that the commercials make it out to be, right? Um, so, so maybe you don't actually look forward going to your in-laws this year because maybe you and your mother-in-law got in this huge fight and it's the last thing that you want to do is show up at your in-laws house because you know that there's going to be family drama. You ever sat around a table and you're drinking coffee and you're having a good time with your family and then about five minutes in it's drama. Anybody know what I'm talking about? <laughs> a few hands going up here. Um, and then Christmas is also a time of just crazy schedules. Uh, so people running around, you got to buy gifts for everybody, you got to do this, you got to do that, you got to wrap the gifts, you got to put it under the tree, you got to be at so and so's house at such and such time, you got to be at so and so's Christmas party, then you got work that you're trying to balance in, all in between that. And all this to say, um, one of the main themes that you hear throughout Christmas is that it's supposed to be a time of peace, but for some of us right now, our life does not look very peaceful. So we keep hearing about this peace that Jesus offers. We keep hearing about this peace that the Christmas season is supposed to usher in. And if we're just very um, brutally honest with ourselves, 
many of us are not experiencing a peaceful season right now. Um, maybe, maybe you're in here and you lost a loved one this year. Maybe We talked about this last week. Maybe this year was not what you expected it to be. You had high hopes for 2015, and now that 2015 is coming to a close, you had some unexpected things that just kind of hit you. And so maybe you don't really feel that internal peace that Jesus really gives. I don't know if you know this, but um, the media is constantly selling you a bill of goods. Meaning this, if you turn on the TV and you look at the commercials or you look at the advertisements or whatever, they always paint Christmas out to be like just this perfect time, right? You ever look at the commercial and it's like a a family of five cuddled up by a fire drinking hot chocolate and hot cocoa and reading bedtime stories and all this. Listen, um, every time I watch those commercials, I laugh. Because when my family tries to do this, like there's hot cocoa on the floor, somebody dropped their donut, and it just got smashed all over the brand new hardwood floors, and so-and-so smacking so-and-so in the face, and Eli had more marshmallows than Isaac, so he's upset because his drink had more marshmallows. It's like, it's never what the commercials or the pictures make it out to be. It's not as peaceful as we think it is. So, this holiday season, for many of us, might be stressful. Okay, maybe you're a mom and your responsibility is to buy the gifts for everybody and wrap them and you're going, I don't even know how I'm going to do this. Uh, or, or maybe you're in here this morning and go, I don't even know how I'm simply going to put Christmas presents under the Christmas tree. And so instead of experiencing hope and peace, you're experiencing depression and anxiety. But I want to s- read a scripture in Isaiah. Um, you don't have to turn there. It's going to be on the screen. Isaiah chapter 9, verse 6. And this is going to kind of set the tone for what I want to talk about this morning. And it says this. For a child is born to us, is talking about Jesus, a son is given to us, the government will rest on his shoulders, and he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, and then get this, Prince of Peace. Okay, so he will be called Prince of Peace. Now, we read this text, and then some of us begin to ask the question, okay, if Jesus is the author, if he is the Prince of Peace, did he fail? Because I don't feel peace right now. Maybe you surrendered and and you submitted your life to Jesus. Or maybe you just got saved a few weeks ago. And you thought as soon as you made that decision. That everything in your life would just immediately begin to work. And you feel anything but peace right now. Maybe you're anxious. Maybe you're depressed. Maybe you're tired. Whatever it may be. I think some of us are under so much financial strain right now. It's hard to have peace. Um. You look at Christmas and there's all these things that you want to do and all these things that you want to experience, but you just don't know how that's actually going to happen. So I have a question for you this morning. Does authentic peace really exist or is it just something that good dreams are made of? Does it really exist? Does peace really exist? Because here's what I think that we're good at as Christians a lot of times is we understand the things that God offers. We just never encounter them or experience them for ourselves. So we understand that Jesus brings joy, we understand that he brings peace, we understand that he brings hope. When it comes to our own lives, we have a a problem actually believing it for ourselves. Some of you are in the storms of life right now. Like you don't know what next week is going to look like, you don't know what next month is going to look like, and so it's really hard for you to grasp on to a God that is full of peace, that is full of joy, that is full of hope, because your circumstance just keeps looking at you in the face. 
So what I want to do is I want to go through actual two stories in the uh, book of Mark. If you have a Bible, you can turn with me to Mark chapter 4. And we're going to pick it up in verse 35 through 38. I think this is one of the best stories in the Bible to prove to us how peace is actually attained. And here it is. It says, On that day, when evening had come, he said to them, so this is Jesus talking to the disciples, he says, Let us go across to the other side. And leaving the crowd, they took with him in the boat just as he was. And the other boats were with him. And then watch this. A great windstorm arose, and the waves were breaking into the boat, so that the boat was already filling. So the boat is getting full of water. And get this picture. You have all these 12 guys like taking these buckets and just shoving water out of this because the boat is sinking. But Jesus, I love this part, was in the stern, asleep on the cushion. So you got this wave going on. You got all these guys freaking out, and he is taking a nap. And watch this. And they woke him up and said to him, Teacher, do you not care that we are dying? Do you not care that we are dying? Have you ever asked Jesus that question? Maybe, maybe you're not dying, but maybe you're in the storms of life right now, and you go, God, do you not care that I'm suffering right now? You ever ask him that See, I think some of us, um, I, honestly, I don't think questions are a bad thing. I think it's okay to ask questions sometimes because it just reveals what's really going on in our heart. And so the disciples are going, God, we're in this huge storm, and you're, not do- you're sleeping on a cushion. Now, one thing that I want you to notice to give you some context with this story, every single person in that, well, not every single one, most of the people in that boat, the disciples, were very experienced fishermen. They were very skilled, very experienced. They knew what to do. And, and the crazy thing about this is if they would have noticed before they got in a boat that a storm was coming, they would have never got in the boat. But, but um, one translation actually says that when a great windstorm arose, it says that it suddenly arose. And I find this oftentimes in life, um, storms come suddenly. Like the disciples, if they knew that that storm was coming, they would have told Jesus, hey, Jesus, there's a big storm coming. We don't need to get in the boat. We need to plan. We'll, we'll go across tomorrow. But how many of you know you can plan, you can schedule, you can save, but life is really good at just offering some unexpected twists? Anybody know what I'm talking about? So suddenly this storm arose. Suddenly this storm arose. So, so let's put it into context of today. So let's say you've been married for 20-something years, and then suddenly you find out a spouse has been unfaithful on you. That's a storm, right? You didn't plan for that. You didn't expect that. It wasn't something how you thought marriage was going to go. Or, or maybe you show, in, uh, show up at a job that you've been at for 25 years, and your boss says, hey, today, you know what? I love you. You've been a great worker, but we just can't afford to keep you on anymore. We're going to lay you off. And you had all these plans and you had all these dreams to keep this job. You had your finances so lined out that if you worked there five more years that you could be taken care of. And then all of a sudden, suddenly, a storm arises in life. Or or maybe you get a phone call and somebody on the other line says, Hey, listen, um, there's been a car accident. There's been a wreck. And man, man, your wife or your dad or your son or your daughter, they didn't make it. Or there's been an accident at work. There's sudden storms that arise that we're not planned. We're not prepared for. But I think most of us in here, um, it's usually not 
tragic things that throw us off. I actually believe a lot of the storms in life that we face are the mundane, daily, routine things that we do every single day. So, so let me give you an example. Um, many moms spend day after day after day in the same house, like folding the laundry, taking care of kids. I sat at, at dinner with um, our boys last night, and I said, hey, boys, listen, um, do you know that mom works really hard? And Eli's like, she works? <laughs> like, and I was like, okay, let me, son, those underwear you have on right now, you would have zero underwear on if your mom did not wash clothes. You would not have clothes. We start going down this list, and I can see his head kind of going, oh. <laughs> like, the food you're eating right now would not be cooked if your mom had not worked. But how many of you know, if you're a stay-at-home mom, man, you can get on Facebook, you can get on Instagram and be like, man, other people's lives is so much more exciting than cleaning spit up and throw up and poop all day. And you can find yourself in this storm of routine, this storm of like, God, my life is just not interesting, it's boring, and so you get stuck. You get stuck. Or maybe you wake up in the morning and it's just this constant storm, this constant fight of like, I just don't want to get out of bed this morning. You ever, you ever have that tendency, like when as soon as the alarm clock, I mean, I'm good at this. As soon as the alarm clock goes off, I hit snooze at least four times. And by the fifth time, I like throw my phone across the room, right? Like you, you have this storm that you go through every single morning just to simply get out of bed. Or, or maybe your marriage is just like boring. Maybe it's just boring. Maybe you don't have any fun together. Maybe you're not really friends. Maybe it's not exciting. Or maybe your bank account just loves the color red. (laughs) It's never in the black. It just loves red. And so it's these mundane daily storms that we have to walk through that usually get this rob our peace from us. It is the sudden storms. It is the tragedy. It is the death. It is the loss. Those things are storms. But most of us, our peace is robbed away from us because of our daily routine schedule of us not fighting to know Jesus on a daily basis. Um, Tim Keller says it this way. He says, no matter what precautions we take, no matter how well we have put together a good life, no matter how hard we have worked to be healthy, wealthy, comfortable with friends and family and successful with our career, something will inevitably ruin it. Something will inevitably come along your path, along your life, and say, and make you take a, a, a turn that you weren't ready for. See, often when storms come, we panic and we forget who Jesus is. Now, I, I want to point something out to the story that we just read in Mark. Is the disciples have actually seen many miracles before this storm even has arisen. Okay, so they've seen Jesus cast out demons. They've seen Jesus heal a man with a withered hand. They have seen Jesus call the dead back to life. And then all of a sudden they're in a storm and they go, oh my God, what are we going to do? We're going to die. They had forgotten that Jesus was in the boat. And, and, and a lot of times as Christians, as followers of Jesus, um, we don't need this new fresh revelation. We just need to be reminded of who Jesus is and what he has provided for us in the past. Let me give you an example of this. This is something that has unfolded in my life as of recently. So many of you guys know this. A few weeks ago, I stood up here, and uh, we had our um, 
our Orphan Sunday, and we shared Andrew and Joe Beth's story. And then I got up here, and I said, listen, my wife and I have been praying and trusting and believing Jesus for a while to, to, to step out and to foster and then adopt a child. And, and I, one of the lines that I had said was, I didn't really have a problem hearing from God. I just had a problem actually trusting God. I knew God had called us to do this years ago. And, and my issue over the years has constantly been, well, okay, if I take this step of faith and there's all these things that just have to simply fall into place, like I don't know financially how I'm going to be able to do this, and I don't know how I'm going to be able to do this. I need a new vehicle. How am I going to be able to provide all these things? And so a few weeks ago, Claire and I are sitting down together, and we're just saying, hey, you know what? Let's just go for it. Just go for it. We're just going to trust God. Let's go sign up. Let's go through all the certifications. So we go to the orientation, and... Uh, come back, we both feel a peace about it, and, and there's still this anxiousness in my soul. This, there's no peace about it. Like, I feel peace about um, going through the whole adoption process. I just don't feel peace on, like, how am I going to financially provide for this? How are we going to do this? Um, our van right now is maxed out, okay? There's not a single seat left in it, so I need another seat. And um, so anyway, make a long story short, we've been praying, and I want you to, <laughs> this is what God does. God just simply reminded me that he was taking care of me the entire time through this whole process. So I go show up, my wife and I go show up with our family to go eat at somebody's house. And uh, long story short, they had heard our story about the whole uh, trusting Jesus and foster care and adoption. And make a long story short, um, after dinner, or right before we eat dinner, he comes out and he says, hey, come with me real quick. Let's go to the garage. And he hands me keys to a brand new van. Like brand new van. And so what, what do you say in that moment? You're like, uh, like my wife is crying. I'm speechless. Like, I, I don't even know what to say in this moment. And you know, in the middle of that moment, I'm instantly reminded when Jesus told us in the very beginning, like, hey, didn't I tell you if you step out in faith in the beginning that I would take care of you throughout this whole process? And I think a lot of times many of us don't have peace because we have spiritual amnesia. We, we've forgotten that the storms of life that God's pulled you through before, and we're so focused on the storm that we're currently going through right now, we forget that Jesus is currently in the boat with us. We, we, we've forgotten all along. So, so if, if you get anything this morning, I want you to walk away. The, the way that you have peace is to remember that God is in the storm with you, and he's going to take care of you. Um, I want to read a quote this morning. It's actually from Mother Teresa, and uh, I have to say this about this quote. This is not scripture, okay? This is Mother Teresa, because a lot of people read this quote, and they actually think this is in the Bible. It's not in the Bible. So I'm going to read it, and you're going to be like, I'm sure that's in the Bible somewhere. It's not in the Bible, okay? Um, This is Mother Teresa. She says, I know God will not give me anything I can't handle. And then she goes on to say, she says, I just wish that he didn't trust me so much. Here's the deal. It's a clever line, but theologically it's a disaster. What I mean by this is it could not be any further from the truth. The line is completely inaccurate. God will intentionally give you more than you can handle. And and here's what I mean by this. You're like, man, that's kind of harsh. What do you mean? Um, So when I get a phone call a few years ago from my mom saying, hey, your dad has cancer, I immediately don't know what to do with that. Or when you get a, um, Pastor Jacob right now, who is at our Jennings campus preaching right now, a few months ago, one of his sons is driving home on his motorcycle, gets hit by a car, and is instantly killed. 
I mean, that's, what do you do with phone calls like that? That's immediately more than you can handle. That's immediately a sudden storm. You weren't prepared for that. You weren't ready for that. But here's the good news. God will give you, he will never give you more than he can handle. And the storm is not ours to bear alone. So God many times intentionally gives us more to handle to draw those things out of us. To draw that anxiety. Hey, I know you're scared in this moment. I know you're depressed in this moment. I know you're desperate in this moment. But you know what? If you would just lean on me, I'll take care of you. The one thing that I've got to give it to the disciples is later on Jesus is going to say, Oh my gosh, how, how long are you going to have little faith? But the one thing that you've got to give to them is at least they had the audacity to go wake Jesus up. At least they ran down there and were like, God, wake up. We don't have enough faith right now. We see all the storms. Wake up. Please stop this storm. And sometimes that's all we need to do. Maybe you don't have enough faith. Maybe you don't have enough strength. Maybe you don't have enough boldness in this current season. But run to Jesus and beg for it. Run to Jesus and beg for it. And I think what happens to a lot of us, the reason that we lose our peace is because we get so distracted with the storm. We get so distracted with with what's currently going on in front of us that we forget that Jesus is in the boat. So yeah, I'm absolutely convinced that God allows us to to go through storms in our lives so that we can hand them right back to him. So that we can give them right back to him. So I want to make three points this morning. Number one, the Lord of the storm sends us into the storm to remind us that he is with us. He sends us into the storm to remind us that he is with us. Now watch this. Let's continue reading. So the disciples are in the boat. They have just woken Jesus up. And this is what happens. It says, And he awoke and rebuked the wind and said to the sea, Peace, be still. Peace, be still. Now I I want you to note in this. When he said, Peace, be still, it wasn't like this subtle, like the waves start coming down. It is immediately still. Like when Jesus speaks something, when he rebukes something, it immediately obeys. It immediately obeys. It says, and the wind ceased, and there was a great calm. He said to them, why are you so afraid? Have you still no faith? And they were filled with great fear and said to one another, who then is this that even the wind and the seas obey him? Who is this? See, the disciples' fear of perishing was greater than their confidence in the presence of Jesus. Like, Jesus was with them in the boat. So many of you may read this story and be like, man, if Jesus is in the boat and he's performed all these miracles, like, why are they freaking out? Like, I wouldn't be scared. I wouldn't have been scared. Jesus is with us. He's not going to let any of us die. But what happens again? They've forgotten. They've forgotten. They're so focused on the trial. They're so focused on the storm that they've forgotten about Jesus. See, one thing that I have learned is if it's hard to learn the lesson that Jesus is trying to teach you or that God is trying to show you when you're so focused on the problem, when you're so focused on the issue. But here's the good news. Number two, the Lord of the storm is always above the storm. He's always above the storm. Always. So make no mistake by this. When, whatever trial you're walking through right now, Jesus is not caught off guard. He's not going, oh my gosh, like how did that happen to so-and-so? He knows everything that you walk through. Actually, um, 
When you become saved, Jesus actually makes a promise to us in 1 Peter 4.2. It says, Beloved, do not be surprised at the fiery trial when it comes upon you to test you. As though something strange were happening to you. He said, hey, don't be surprised when the storms of life arise and things happen to you and you can't explain them. They will come. But here's the greatest comfort that you can have, believer, Christian. That when you walk through these storms, that when you walk through these trials, that Jesus is still sitting on the throne. He's not scared. He's not worried. He's not anxious. He's not even moved one bit. He's not pacing up in heaven going, how am I going to get so-and-so out of this situation? And we got to remember not have spiritual amnesia because a lot of times the sole reason that we do not have peace in our life, the sole reason that we have anxiousness, the sole reason that we walk through those things is not because we don't know the truth, but because we have forgotten who Jesus is. So I want to read another story in Matthew chapter 7. And this is a pretty popular passage, but um, I think it's very pertinent for this morning. So Matthew seven twenty four says this, Everyone then who hears these words of mine and does them will be like a wise man who built his house on the rock. And the rain fell and the floods came and the wind blew and beat on that house. But watch this, it did not fall because it had been founded on the rock. And everyone who hears these words of mine and does not do them will be like a foolish man who built his house on the sand. And the rain fell and the floods came and the winds blew and beat against that house and it fell and great was the fall of it. So I want you to notice something. In both scenarios, the storms come. The storms came. Okay, so the question is this. What is your foundation in life? I don't know if many of you guys know this, but uh, they're building a new addition in our Jennings campus right now, and it seems like forever they've been working on the foundation. Like they have been putting footings in, concrete, rebar, all this stuff, and it seems like it's taking forever. And usually once that foundation is built, that building goes up so quickly. But what is your foundation built on in your life right now? Maybe the reason that you don't have peace is because your foundation is built on things that are fleeting, that are not eternal. Meaning, hey, is your, is your peace built on how well your job is going? Is your peace built on how well particular relationships are going? Is your peace built on things that could be removed from you? Is your peace built on how much money you have right now? Or how much money you don't have? Because one thing that we can rest assured of is that storms will come, but will we stand? And the only way that we stand is if we're built on a solid foundation, which ultimately at the end of the day is Jesus. I think that um, this passage makes it very clear that we're all searching for something, right? We're all looking for something to build our foundation on. And ultimately when the storm comes, it just reveals what our foundation is really built upon. If it's built on Jesus or if it's built on temporal things. I wrote this down. It says this, It is in difficult moments that we see our peace being tied to something other than Christ. We see our need for security or protection. We see our need for um, certain things to be fulfilled. Oftentimes when you go through a storm, it just reveals what's really going on in your heart. 
So if you've got a freak out moment, it shows that you weren't really anchored in Christ in the beginning. See, if your source of peace is the rock, the wind and the waves can come, but we will not fall because we're planted on Jesus. We're planted on Jesus. So I have this question for you this morning. What is your foundation built on? What is it built on? Listen, I've said this so many times, and I feel like I probably will say it for 10 more years. Our foundation is not built on how often you come to church and how good you did that week. Like, if you sinned last week and you didn't sin this week, your foundation is not built on how good you did or how well you performed or how many religious things that you were a part of this week. Like, do you have a personal, everyday relationship with Jesus? Because if you do, then the storms of life, man, they're still going to come. And they're still going to try to beat you down. But at the end of the day, it's not going to overcome you. It's not going to take you over. And listen, I've seen people, when, when their foundation is not built on Jesus, externally it can look like they have everything together. Man, they say the right things, they're around the right people, it looks like they live their life well and put together, and then allow a storm to come, and it just completely obliterates them. So what is your foundation built upon? See, ultimately, I think when storms come, it just reveals what our allegiance, or where our allegiance lies. Is it to Christ, or is it to the things that we actually possess? Because the truth is, If we're not careful in this Christmas season, our peace is really built upon or it can be built upon what we get or we don't get or how well this Christmas season went or how well it didn't go. So I want to tie all this together and then we're going to close. The last point I want to make is going to seem a little odd, but I promise you I'm going to tie it in. Number three, the Christmas blues are quickly approaching. Quickly approaching. As I said earlier in the beginning, Christmas for many of us is by far the happiest season of the year. I mean, it's our favorite holiday. I mean, what could be better than a fat little man coming down a chimney and stealing your cookies? I don't know. Christmas is a a time that we all look forward to. There's this anticipation in the air. But if we're not careful you can get caught in the wonder of the holidays and you can anchor your peace in the holidays. So so let me give you an example. Um, Maybe you work a lot. Maybe you're a hard worker. And and you cannot wait until Christmas because you have a few days off. You just, you got a few days off. And you are looking forward to those days off. You ever notice the thing about days off is they... (laughs) As much as you've been building it up, like, this is going to be awesome. I got three days off. I got four days off. It's going to be incredible. And all of a sudden, that three days, four days off, like, is gone. You're like, where did that go? And then after it's over, you ask yourself this question, well, what do I have to look forward to now? The, The best example that I can give is when I was a kid, my parents, um, used to tell us about two, three months before where we were going to go for summer vacation. So I remember one year, and it was almost like this every year, um, but the, the most excited that I was one year, was that they were like, hey, listen, um, in June, we're going to go to Destin, Florida, 
and uh, we're going to spend a week and a half there. And I'm like, oh my gosh, I love the beach. My brothers and I, we're going to surf. We're going to do all this stuff. It's going to be great. And I remember for about three months, I am building this trip up. Like I am anchoring so much on this place that I'm going. Like, I'm giving a lot of mental effort, a lot of mental energy into this. I'm like, I'm planning this. We're going to hit this restaurant. We're going to go to this beach. Then on this day, I want to try to surf here. We're going to do this. We're going to do that. And I'm building it all up. And then all of a sudden, sooner or later, the vacation comes around, and we have all this fun, and it's great. And then what happens? You've got to get in the car, you turn around, and you go back home, and then you get back at your house, and you're like, what do I do now? Like, what do I have to be excited about now? Like, where do I find that fulfillment now? And if we're not careful this Christmas season, we can fall into the trap that most of the culture falls into. We anchor our peace in temporal things. I'm so excited about the holidays. It's going to be here. It's going to come. But it's going to leave just as quick as it came. It's going to leave just as quick as it came. That vacation leaves as quick as it came. My wife and I, we, we've said this before, but um, we went on vacation last year, and we literally had to mentally prepare ourselves like, hey, this is just a temporary thing. Man, we were tired. We were looking forward to going. We, we, we had, uh, were you pregnant at the time? Probably so. She's always pregnant. So anyway, um, we're there, and uh, I had, this is right when we had just started the church. I was exhausted. I was tired. My wife was tired. And we were really looking forward to getting away for um, a few days. And I remember having to really tell myself, like, this is not really where I find real rest. Because I've been physically and emotionally exhausted before. And then I can sleep all day and get up the next day and still feel physically, emotionally exhausted. Because real peace and real hope is not found in sleep. It's not found in time off. It's not found in the holidays. It's not found in the vacation. It's found in Jesus. It's found in the every single day mundane routine things that you have to do every single day over and over and over again. It's found in that morning when you wake up and you set that time aside and you say, you know what? Today, I'm going to meet with you, Jesus. Today, I'm going to meet with you, Jesus. So don't get caught up in the holidays. Listen, I'm not saying that it's bad. Enjoy the family. Enjoy the times, but know this is not your time of rest. And you may be able to rest, but it's not the rest that you really need. Many of us need to find that rest that is only given and can only be found in Jesus. See, our peace is in Jesus, the one that was born in a manger. Ultimately, at the end of the day, the one that suffered for you and for me and that rose again. That is where our peace is truly found. So yet again, I ask you that question. Where is your foundation and what is it built on? And is it built on you're, you're going to find peace and you're going to find fulfillment in, these, in this holiday season? Or maybe you got a few days off coming up or maybe you got a vacation in February that you're just like, if I can just make it to the vacation. Or if, man, uh, if I just can't wait till I get taxes. <laughs> so we'll actually have money. Or I just can't wait until we have this. Or I can't wait till I have this car or this house. Or Listen, you, you do not know what tomorrow is going to bring you. We have to anchor our peace and our hope in Jesus today. Today. We have to find rest today. Not tomorrow. 
because we don't know if we have tomorrow. And I'm not trying to be gruesome in here. We just don't know. And, and I don't know why. It's just this year. Like, I've seen I don't know if it's because I'm a pastor now, and so I've just been at a bunch of funerals or, or whatever it's been. But it's, it feels like for me this year, it's just, man, I've seen a lot of death. And, and death of, like, people that I've been close to. I mean, Pastor Jacob's son, Wesley, he was my brother's best friend. I mean, I mean we grew up together. I mean, riding on a motorcycle, okay, unexpectedly just going, gets off of work, going home, car randomly pulls out, ends his life instantaneously. Listen, there's going to be unexpected trials and unexpected storms that you simply cannot plan for. And the only way that you can plan for them is by trying to anchor everything you got in Jesus. Everything you have in Jesus. So I close with this. I believe that this morning that Jesus is calling some of you to be more than just church Christians. More than just Sunday Christians. He's saying, hey, listen, I don't want just Sundays. I want your life. I want Monday through, I want Sunday through Saturday. I want it all. And listen, there is nothing more fulfilling than when you genuinely just give Jesus all. And I'm not saying it's going to be easy. But I'm saying at the end of the day, whatever it is that you've been looking for, that joy, that peace, that hope, that satisfaction, you will find it in Jesus.